you've got great rhythm. Look at the music you write. Yeah. Right? Right. Look at how you throw down on stage. So you're not rhythmically challenged. Right. right? You know how to... You just don't want to lose. You don't want to get loose, man. That's exactly what it is. But also because I I feel like I've always wanted to take dance classes. Let <laughs> <laughs> explain why. I just want to dance. <laughs> And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Half and Half Podcast. Hey, hola, amiga. I just got a I just got a Tinder message from Adriana. I don't know who that is. Sorry, <laughs> just literally right now. Uh, look. Oh, and then you know what? She 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 just texts me. Hola. Oh shit. <laughs> but per your agreement, you're Sorry, not allowed uh, to respond back. Uh, yeah, no, not allowed at all. I get a lot of messages and a lot so, of so. Great way to start it. Sorry. <laughs> no, look. So, you and your wife have a podcast for yeah. those of you who don't know. Stay together. We're we are together for the dogs. Oh crap! Together with <laughs> together for the dogs. together Sorry, for my the dogs. Just yeah. Fell off. Yeah. So, and you guys are doing this interesting, yet crazy. I would never in a million years do it. Titillating? Experiment. Social experiment, yeah. Social experiment where, just to catch everybody up who have not heard that, but if you haven't, please check out their podcast, Together for the Dogs. Yep. Very entertaining. Um, You both have decided to sign up on dating apps just to see how they are, what they do, what's up, what they offer. There are rules to the game. You're not allowed to respond, this, that, and the other. Right. Right? Just... Pure looking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I caught up on the latest episode yesterday. Okay. And I told you this last night. You had made a, a comment about how you're a big hit on Grinder. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Wife number two, because I am wife number one, may be okay with you on dating apps, but I'm not. <laughs> okay. So that's a hard no, and you need to delete that. <laughs> wife two is not jealous, but wife one is. Yeah. No, um, um, yeah, Grinder. For those of you that don't know, is the gay version of Tinder. Yes, we but, are. We're all familiar. Thank you. No, I mean, all the guys are fat. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I should get out there just to see what the hell it's all about. Uh, like, hey, no, you're gonna get a lot of people beat up, my friend. I tell you what. <laughs> Sorry, I was actually looking for my notes. Um, I just remembered that we did our challenge last week. We did. Do you want to go there first? Uh, no, I don't know. Do you, do you? I kind of. Well, what I mean, well, what's going on? What's new with you, um, dude? It's, it's been a long time. It it's feels been like two weeks. It's been more than two weeks. It has not. January second was our last episode. Bullshit. January second. I mean, sorry, June second, and we're already June seventeenth. Yeah, two weeks and a day. <laughs> I don't even know if that's yeah. That's my I know name. we made it's, dude. I've been fucking living at work. That's yeah, all. I, that's dude, all like, I've been doing, man. The last couple of weeks, like it's hard to even get you to respond to my texts, I which know, is not dude. like you. I know. I feel so bad. The thing is, is that what we're doing at work right now, my control room is full of twenty people at a time. Yeah, and 
not just anybody like hot sweaty dudes uh, i wouldn't say hot necessarily <laughs> i mean like one or two like actually hot because it's hot outside tony's the hottest one tony so <laughs> tony um but like my the big wigs are in the control room all the time so yeah. we're not allowed to have our phones on us we just push them to the side that sucks i know man i know but um yeah no man that's uh that's about it in my world really yeah, yeah i mean yeah you've been pretty much at work a yeah. lot yeah. um i've been adding to the studio yeah um we're finally done <laughs> finally done with the guitar finally oh man we hit the biggest milestone last night yeah we are done yeah i put the finishing touches our guitar is done soon to have photo shoot soon mm-hmm. to have commercial our, our official commercial and it's off to the races from there yeah so um we've been talking about this guitar for a long time we have actually been working on this guitar for almost two years now not this one guitar well yes the raven itself no but i'm saying not the one we just oh, finished right right no i'm saying the concept working towards right yeah. right the actual concept um and we finally have the very first fully completed playable ready to go like into the hands of a consumer, even though that's not where it's going to go. Yeah. Um, it's actually going to be used for our commercial, and we're doing like a little documentary type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it's just, it's huge for us. So It is. And right now, you and I were just staring at it, right? Cause, <laughs> yeah. And I'm proud of us, man. Yeah. yeah. Eddie, Eddie Coco, I love you. Proud of us. I know you're not next to us to talk about this, but <laughs> I'm proud of the three of us, man. Yeah. We've come a long way, and this fucking guitar almost killed me. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about right now how we, I guess we never admitted it to each other, but we admitted like there was moments where we wanted to give up. Yeah. Like I wanted to give up every, many times. Every fuck up that happened, I mean, I, I did it, right? I've, yeah. I've always admitted it. I literally just walked away. Like, right. dude, I'm fucking putting in my two weeks. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And I told my wife, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. But I sucked it up. I went right back in, and now we're better for it, right? All of our all of our fuck ups, all of the shit that we've learned, we're better for it. Yeah, and the, I mean, like the next guitars gonna be fucking butter. I'm I'm talking like, those guitars are gonna go quick because of all the shit we've. Right. You know, right now when you when you mess up on a guitar and it's your first time doing something, you're like, fuck, I gotta research how to fix it. I'm gonna do this. I gotta right. take the proper steps. Maybe buy a new tool. We've gone through all that. So if this is, God forbid, the same hiccup were to happen, it's fixed in minutes and not days. Right. You know what I mean? And so for those of you listening, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's because every part of this guitar is our own design. And so somebody can easily just go and get a design somewhere from other, another guitar and just follow the schematics and the blueprint and essentially get everything dialed into this perfect, um, guitar and it's going to function and play just like the actual guitar right but ours from the head down is completely our um what do you want to call it dimensions it's our style it's our yeah i mean everything that's been the hardest part to explain to people Mm -hmm. because when they're like well why and i'm like okay if you're familiar with guitars you know the les paul gibson les paul is a distinct body. Right. A Stratocaster, a distinct body. A Telecaster, 
LTDs, every guitar company has their own body. Right. To where you walk into a, a guitar store and say, oh, that's this, this is that, this is that. That's what our goal was. We now, our body is unlike anybody on the face of this earth. It right. is now a nevermore guitar. And that's been the hardest part to explain to people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, I mean, if you're a guitar player, you probably get it. Um, but I think anybody else just that doesn't play guitar probably would, you know. My just... two favorite features on our guitar, one was by accident, one was intentional. Mm-hmm. So the accidental part was those like little slashes that you put in the bevels. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, we got to fucking keep those. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Amazing. And when Eric designed his, his initial guitars a few years ago, the nails that he put on the side of the guitars. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. That's just, like the best fucking desi- design ever. I, what I love about this guitar is that, um, you know, I always think would I play that? Yeah, How um, would I feel playing that? And, um, you know, I've had guitars over the years where it's like, I'll play it and I don't really give much thought about it. Like, it's cool. It sounds good. Whatever. I'll play it. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, like aesthetically, like most of my guitars, I look at them and they look cool, but I'm not like where I don't want to play it because I don't want to mess it up, if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. But with this one, I get that feeling of like, oh man, like I would only play this when I have to. But at the same time, if I had, like I would just stick to those guitars. And and I'm not saying just because it's our guitar. I'm saying like that was the goal from the beginning was like make a guitar that I want to play and that I will I love I genuinely love I, I looked at it kind of um and you know he's kind of a dipshit now but um you know like Elon Musk mm-hmm. when he talks about making his cars mm-hmm. <clears throat> they asked him well why did you do this or somebody asked him I don't remember and he he always says the same thing he says I just wanted to make a car that I love that was really cool for me to drive and if people like it great and that's kind of the same mentality I think going into with this guitar it was like, right I'm kind of first doing this for me you know and i think you and i and and eric our collaboration together it was like it really our ideas all came together and made this really fucking cool guitar right that i genuinely love looking at and would love playing um and if people like it awesome see and i'm on i'm on the op half and half yep i'm the i need people to love it i want people to be like oh my god this is the fucking world's prettiest guitar i've ever seen <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah because i have because this it, it, i have this uh last year i bought a year and a half ago i bought this gibson sg or uh sorry epiphone sg mm-hmm. gold from head to toe mm-hmm. my, f- my favorite color on a guitar is fucking gold right it's so pretty i hate playing it because right. I, I don't want it to get pick marks i don't want you know what i mean yeah yeah so when I, it's like you just said right now, when I see our guitar, it's like, oh, that thing is fucking beautiful. Like, I just want to stare at it. Right. The other day, I sent you a picture of our guitar next to my two guitars, which was the gold SG and um, the black S, uh, Les Paul style LTD that I have. Mm-hmm. Dude, we hang with the big boys, man. Our fucking guitar looks gorgeous next to other guitars. Yeah. yeah. And it, I think it almost even stands out because it, because it's not a Fender, it's not a right. Gibson, it stands out. Right, you know, and um, it just the color we chose on this one, everything on this one, it's just like a, uh, it's a dark guitar. 
yeah. not color, like feel, like it's a dark fucking guitar. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? exactly. I love it. I can't wait for everybody to see it. Yeah, so hopefully the beginnings of the commercial and, and footage and all that will start probably next week. Hopefully, I got to get with the, the our buddy who's doing it. And um, and then, yeah, so, we, so for those of you listening, <laughs> every time I say that, I'm going to think about it. Um, we have essentially... All of the parts for this guitar just sitting, waiting to be put together. Yeah. We just, the only reason they're not put together complete is because we wanted to make sure that with this guitar, we worked out all the kinks if there was things that needed to be sh- uh, shrunk or... Which we found. Yeah, yeah. we did. And we so we have to make those adjustments to those parts before everything gets put together. So now that this one is complete, essentially we know everything. We know all of our parameters. We know everything. And we can literally just now start putting pieces together and, and boom, gonna, we have guitars. Ready they're going to go. pop together like Legos after this fucking thing. Exactly. Man. Speaking of Chang, <clears throat> I still want to work out with that guy, man. <laughs> you got me all excited that he's into kickboxing. Yeah. So that's the guy that's doing our commercial. Yeah. Does um, he listen to our podcast? I don't know. Chang, if you're out there, buddy, it's <laughs> one workout session. Well, um, we can, I can take you over there to, to see if he's working out. He works out early in the morning. I know that. Oh, see, that's even better. I love working. Chang has a pretty amazing place. Like this place is cool, but this is like nothing yet compared to Chang's place. And for those of you who don't know or know, but haven't jumped on it, we are in the new studio, Paul's studio. Let there be rock slash nevermore records. Yeah. Or just let there be rock. No, no. I mean, it's both, you know, I kind of, it's, this is Let There Be Rock. This is Pepe's baby. This is his place. Hello, Pepe. Um, and we just, I've kind of, we've meshed and right. merged um, my company with his company. Yeah. And we do things together. We do things a little, um, you know. Yeah. So again, if you haven't heard our past couple of episodes, um, if you're in the El Paso area looking to start a podcast, uh, Let There Be Rock. What's the podcast? What's your... NevermoreRecords.com. Okay, NevermoreRecords.com will take care of everything for you. Recording, distribution, We pr- they provide beer. If you're a band, we record. If you're a band. So this is a record label. It's a podcast. The podcasting is cool. And I know, I hope, I don't give a shit if people get tired that we're mentioning it every day. I'm trying to get you business, <laughs> right? It's the one-stop shop to start a podcast. Yeah. All the worrying, all the figuring out is done. Yeah, for you here. Show up, record, and they take care of the rest. And it's a really cool podcast room, and we're actually working on already doing a second one. Because I need this to succeed because I need a job. (laughs) So I need you to hire me when you start making money. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we're going to do like a lounge room, but it's going to be a lounge, but it's also going to serve as a second podcast room if somebody prefers that feeling rather than like just sit on the couch yeah yeah i get it i get it so yeah so that's what we're doing right now we're working on all the rooms we're fixing up the drum room then we're gonna do the vocal room next the we're gonna have a guitar room then we have the lounge then the podcast room Uh, and then we have the control room so there's a lot of work behind the scenes that we're doing right now um it's so much work actually but i know that once we finish and everything's done it's gonna look really really cool yeah and again if you need to ask Paul any questions, 915-328-9610. Yep. What's the website? Nevermorerecords.com. Never. You're, you're on the website I too, know, man. I know. I always forget. 
Uh, I'm like, I'm silent, right? Like, I'm not a part of this, but if you're like, hey, I need you, I got you, right? So that's why people are like, how are you on the website? <laughs> I'm the phantom guy. I'm going to pop in when I need to. <laughs> well, we, we started, a, so maybe some people, I haven't talked about this much. We, I actually started the record label, what, three, four years ago? So it's been about four now. Yeah. I mean, the, the studio portion, that has been around for a very long time. Decades. <laughs> yeah. Like a very long time. Um, that used to just be like a sole proprietor thing where I would record bands. And then I got to a period where I hated recording bands. And then it was just like, I'm going to use this for myself. And then about four years ago, we got serious and um, opened up the record label. Yeah. But man, so that was difficult. And the reason it was so difficult was beyond what I ever imagined why it would be difficult. It was difficult because I could not find artists that I wanted to sign. And I'm pretty sure had you let me filter through some of those artists, I would have been like, this is the one. And you'd be like, no, it's no, not. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think so, man. Let me tell you, like, I still get submissions. Yeah. At one point, I was getting like 50 to 100 submissions a yeah, day. Yeah, I remember that. You and were sending was, me a lot. Throughout. I'd be at work and you'd be like, dude, check this one out. Yeah, check like one. there was one guy that I actually, <clears throat> one band that I wanted to sign. Oh, that's right. But they were in Canada. That's right. And then I realized. Like there was, you, you even got to the point where it was like, you were talking flights and stuff. Like you got yeah. that far, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what happened was once you hit international territory, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's, and, and I don't want to get political here, but thanks to fucking Trump. So I don't hey, know if you remember. He you did better that. be careful, Shut dude. 2024 is coming, my man. Oh, God. I know. My don't boy is back. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> dude, so he made all these like restrictions on travel yeah. and stuff. So it actually affected a lot with like visas and work visas and shit like that. So I could not make it work oh, to I be able to sign that, this guy. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Now. They and, were good too, man. Yeah, they were so good. Um, And then every time it would just come up like... And then I would find myself wanting to sign an artist. And then I started to back away because I would start to realize that I'm wanting to sign them because I'm really wanting an artist, not because I'm really 100% believing in them. Right. But then to add to that, the p- pandemic hit. Yes. And it was like, even though there's this one uh, girl that I talked to from LA, has she has a record label. I haven't talked to her in a while, actually. <clears throat> but she was telling me, like, dude, like, my record label was making a ton of money during the pandemic. They were doing a lot of those, like, virtual shows and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, but you also have, like, 20 fucking artists, yeah. you know? And you live in L.A. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so I kind of... It, it's still there. I'm still wanting yeah. artists. Yeah. I'm still... Uh, would love to sign somebody and be able to do that, especially now that things are the the country and the the every, everything's waking up now. You know, post pandemic, um, you have this amazing spot now. I mean, yeah. the other spot was it, you know it is what it is. It was always a room in one of your homes that you had owned, right? So it was a home studio, mm-hmm. though a legitimate, one hundred percent full functioning state of the art studio. It was a home studio, right? Exactly. Now you've got this fucking amazing space, right? Yeah, and yeah. and that's why I'm putting in more money too, because before it was like, it's just a home studio. Yeah. I don't need a fancy console. I don't need any of this shit because I'm just using it for myself. I don't need to have anything like this is in my home. But now that we're in a public commercial spot, it's like, no, I want to have cooler shit. So yeah. that's why I'm putting more money into yeah, it's, it. It's going to be the appeal, right? <clears throat> yeah. People's... Well, not only the appeal, but it's just like, 
it's not just me recording Texas Cutthroat shit or Tragic Landing shit, like for us. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, um, what if I get a, uh, I don't know, a, an orchestra ensemble or something? I mean, that's an exaggeration, obviously, but right? Like, I want to be able to offer what I used, like, I wanted to go, I've been doing this for a long time, mm-hmm. but um, it's always been out of the home. Yeah. Always. I just um, said that. I've had, no, I know. I'm saying, but what I'm saying is like, um, I've never really catered to anybody. I've always been very selective of who I record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, now I want to be able to cater to anybody. And yeah. if I don't, if it's not a genre that I'm used to, I want to be able to just hire an engineer to come take care of it for me. Fine. I'll do the hip hop stuff. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I did one hip hop artist. Oh, that's right. Uh, Baggy Ghost. What, what was his name? I don't know. Something. Ghost. Where was he from? He I don't was... remember, man, but we were popping off gay jokes left and right, and that dude was just looking at us like, where the fuck am I? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Wait, Saggy, was... Baggy the Ghost? Baggy the Ghost, there you go. Yeah. yeah, that was like, he was from like Ohio or yeah. Michigan. I don't even know where the hell he was from. That was but, the uh... most uncomfortable like three hours I've ever experienced. But he was good, man. He was. Musically, he was good, but it's just he felt, it felt like he didn't want to be there. He wasn't appreciating our bromance <laughs> <laughs> it's because you know what it was and, and you're gonna i think you'll agree he was one of those serious rappers oh yeah like absolutely i'm not here to fuck around yeah and and it was awesome because you know we've we've toyed around ourselves with like hip-hop music mm-hmm. and stuff yeah um but this guy was like determined like i do just let get me in your studio and i'll do and he was he was great yeah. it was so easy to record that project because he was he knew his shit yeah. like left and it was it was amazing so that was it was great and i thought the end result came out really good actually it did. um i mean the dude knew what he wanted he came in he nailed it and it was like oh, okay back in the ghost yeah uh, uh, but anyways he was like that. a military dude or whatever right yeah um i just never again that's an example of somebody that like normally if somebody like a hip hop artist hits me up i'm kind of like eh. I don't know, man. And I'll send him somewhere else. Like, hey, why don't you go to this guy? But this guy was like, no, man. Like, he was adamant. He wanted to record to me. So we did it. And it was cool. I'm glad I'm glad it worked out that way. At the time, you were pristine productions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe so. And then plus, I mean, sometimes I don't mind taking on outside projects if I want to get something under my belt. Yeah. To be able to say, like, not even to be able to say, but just to be able to, like... um. Now going on, if I did another hip hop artist after that, I, there's a lot of shit you learn from doing. Meh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like I've done enough rock bands to where like that's easy. Yes. But like, give me at the Hano band, like oh, it's gonna there's gonna be a learning curve there. Oh, uh, dude, you're gonna hear dunk, 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 dunk for fucking five hours. I love that music though, man. Oh my god, I do. Ever since I was a kid, it just makes me feel good inside because it's happy. You know what, everybody? Thank you for tuning in today. This is the last episode of Half and Half Podcast. And now having a Mexican wife, it's even even she more. She doesn't listen to Dunka Yeah, Dunka? she does. She listens does to she? everything. Yeah, I know she likes Spanish music. Like uh, she loves reggaeton. She loves all that stuff. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and and it makes me appreciate it. Like even if I don't like it, like for the musical. Um. I don't know, quality. I, or I don't even know if that's even the right word. Like, I'm not listening to it like, oh my God, like that guitar player is doing something amazing. Like, no, 
It's more like it's happy music. It's just like I can see the nostalgia point of it. Right? Like growing up in El Paso, going to a quinceanera, going to a wedding. Well, see, that's where yeah. it's different for me, though. So here's why I love that music so much. Even before I met my wife, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, like oh, I was yeah. in a very strict household. Yeah, you told me about this. This is this. Everybody prepare for the saddest fucking story you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I lived most of the time in my grandfather's house, mm-hmm. and um, we used to have to go to bed. Like, like it's a Friday night, and it's like the sun's still out. And it's like, okay, it's time to go to bed. Yeah, the kids are outside playing. Yeah, and, and so ice that's, cream man's that's what, what happened. It could be like 105 degrees outside. We were not allowed to turn on the air conditioner. We were not allowed to turn on a fan, because God forbid we waste electricity, right? So the only thing I really got was I would get to open the window a couple of inches, a hair. And I remember just lying there, hearing the Hano music, all these parties going on, kids playing, people laughing, dishes clanging. And I would sit there and just close my eyes and just imagine like what it would be like to be at these parties. <laughs> and that's how I would fall asleep. And so to this day, like another, another sound that I loved hearing is in the middle of the night, there was a train by there. So a train would go by. So to this day, when I hear trains, I'm like, oh, it's such a uh, wonderful sound for me. Fuck trains, man. Because <laughs> of where you work. Because of where I work. They yeah. block our exit all the time. So if I'm trying to get out of work at 530, sometimes I'm just sitting there for fucking 40 minutes. Anyway. Yeah. So that story is... A, it, to this day, man, like... No I, wonder you needed a hug back in 1996, <laughs> man. And I you know what? No wonder you and Eric are such rebels, man, because you guys have 7 o'clock, dude? Yeah, dude. Fucking it was the sun, sun is, is still out. Like, dude, like, the sun is, like, in my eyes, like, coming <laughs> through the window. And everybody's out in the neighborhood. Like, I lived in a pretty, uh, uh, it was the ghetto. Are we talking about the, the Monterey House? Monterey House. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty rough neighborhood. But... Everybody had parties on the weekends, or it could be a Tuesday night. They'd be having a party, you know. But so let, me, let me ask: Why you, why you and Eric and your cute pumpkin pie haircut, freak haircuts, <laughs> were in bed at seven o'clock? Mm-hmm. What were your mom and your aunts doing? My mom worked graveyard. Okay, that's right. That's the reason why, because my aunts were the ones that wanted to go to sleep at seven o'clock. Ah. So we were bound by their schedule. Not even just go to your room. At seven, no, you we guys shared to... a room with them. Well, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that was my life growing up. Is that like I said, I didn't know that. So the reason we were there was because my mom worked graveyard and my dad was out partying with his friends, Mr. Ward. <laughs> you know, my dad he he loved to party. You know, and so my dad wasn't the the best dad as a child uh, growing up because he just had other priorities. You know, he made up for it later on, but. So my mom would stick us with my grandfather and my aunts, and um, they didn't have spare bedrooms for us. So we had to like sleep on like, and to make it worse, we didn't even have a bed. We had to sleep on the couches, you know, like, yeah. and that was like five or six nights a week. Shit, you know, and yeah. So it was. Uh, so anyways, but it's uh, it, it added to my my now current love for Tejano music. That's what we were talking about, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't name a Tejano singer for the life of me. Yeah. But, Dude, uh, like, for me, yeah, I'm, I'm Hispanic, obviously. Um, I just didn't grow up with that. Nobody in my family, not my dad, not my mom, nobody that I know 
other than my, maybe my cute little grandma. Mm-hmm. She liked, I think she liked that kind of music. But growing up in the household, dude, it was country music and disco. Like, I didn't grow up with that music. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, my family, they speak Spanish and, you know, Mexicans were Mexican, but that, I didn't get any of that. They're not that type of like Mexican, I guess you want to say. Yeah. My dad doesn't like that I know of Spanish music. I've never, I only heard it at parties and quinceañeras and. I don't know if this even matters, but I mean, you guys are Mexican, but you guys are very, I mean, you're native. Like you have a lot of like native blood. That's what my grandpa says. I, I need to do that 23 I mean, Look at thing. you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you look back in high school, you look like Mowgli. <laughs> <laughs> Are you bringing up bullshit? <laughs> I mean, your dad always had all the decor, the headdresses, and all that. Yeah, so like, my your dad even looks like super native. Um, I mean, you guys look like you. Dude, that's, it's funny you say that. My brother, my little brother, Pops Isaac, he was in Phoenix like a month ago, a few weeks ago, whatever. He was standing in line to try to get in some bar. And some lady walks up to him and she was like, You're here for the contest, right? Or the show, or whatever it was. And he was like, you talking about <laughs> in his, his mind he's thinking like a dance contest a strip contest he doesn't know what's going yeah. on and he was yeah. like no i'm just trying to get in she's like so you're not here for the contest he goes no and of course i don't know word for word right i'm just paraphrasing so she said something like oh okay i thought you were here for the native american something something contest and he was like no i'm from texas <laughs> texas <laughs> and she was like oh well you look you look, you look Native yeah, American, yeah. you know? She's like, I thought you were here for this Native American contest. Well, I mean, even <laughs> when I worked, I worked with the Tigua Tri- tribe for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I don't know, man. Like every time I was around them, I was like, I felt like I was with your family. <laughs> like you guys have very similar features. <laughs> like seriously. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there's a, but I get it. Like going back to what you said, like, yeah, I, I don't, I'm I kind don't. of interested in, why like it's that's kind of strange that like even if your dad was native american hardcore which i'm pretty sure he has a pretty high percentage of blood native blood like why why disco dude (laughs) you know what's funny about that (laughs) i just imagine like so i i work i (laughs) am dancing to abba and a headdress that's what i'm getting (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't tell him that one um so i work for el paso electric and it's a company that I have been a part of my whole life. Right. My dad worked there for 43 years. He was an electrician. Um, so I literally grew up with all the guys that I'm with today. Mm-hmm. Everybody walks in. They call me mijo, this and that. They check on me because I've known them since I was a baby. Right. There's this one guy named Duke. I love that guy. I've known. He's literally known me since I was months old. Right. So, well, going back to that, I... You hear a lot of stories, right? To me, my dad is the most amazing dad in the whole entire world. Mm-hmm. But the dad that I know is not the dad, is not the Gus that they know. Right. So they start hitting me, firing off with all these stories, and I'm like, wait a minute, you're talking about my dad, my cute little dad. Right. He did that? He said that? Anyway, what I'm getting at is, is they all told me, they're like, your dad was the most amazing dancer in the world. Really? Every, no, seriously, everybody, really? everybody asked him, to teach them how to dance. Wow. My uncles tell me all the time. My uncles on my mom, my parents are divorced. My uncles on my mom's side, always, for whatever reason, 
every time I see them bring up, how's your dad, mijo? How's love? And I'm like, and they'd always say, your dad was amazing. He taught me how to dance. All of them. Wow. So. Well, you are a pretty good dancer. Uh, I am. Thank you. They <laughs> you used to, are. They used to call me solid gold in high school for a reason, <laughs> my man. Um, a few years ago, I had asked my mom, because she always jokes about how she doesn't like my dad and this, and I'm like, you're full of shit. You love my dad, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I asked her, I said, well, what was it about my dad then? What was it if you hate him so bad? And she was like, honestly, he was such a good dancer. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. Stone Cold, he's such a good dancer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So your dad... But even even, even off into his country days, right? Because uh-huh. the guys at work tell me, one day your dad walked in with fucking bell bottoms and clog hoppers, whatever those fucking shoes are called, and they're like, literally the next day, the son of a bitch walks in looking, looking like John Travolta from Urban Cowboy. So that's what I was going to say. It's like your dad said one day, like, you know what I want to do? I want to strut. That's exactly what it was. So even in even into his country days, he's an amazing country dancer from what I hear. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Right? Well, you know what? I suck at dancing. I am not a good dancer at uh, all. I tell you what. The ward, and I say the ward because you and Eric do it the exact same. The ward running man cannot be touched. <laughs> <laughs> the way you guys fucking, like you're churning butter with yeah. your hands. You know what? I think that's why when I first started boxing, that's why it was difficult for me. It was the footwork. Because mm. I was like, wait a minute. These feet have never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean move like you're dancing? <laughs> yeah. And then also, you know, like after boxing for a while and getting the footwork down, I was like, wow, I, I think I could dance now, you know? Dude, you're not a bad dancer. You have, you know, you have rhythm? No, let me, okay, I have rhythm. But let me tell you what makes the wards in general bad dancers. What? Something about these arms. <laughs> That's what about. We don't know what to do with our arms. Like when you and Eric do the running, I wish people could see me right now. When churn- you and Eric do the running, it's man, like you're churning you, butter. Yeah, you do this little thing where you're churning butter, <laughs> and your legs start moving. And Eric's look cuter because they're like little dinosaur arms, and they're not moving all that much. <laughs> I have always hated dancing since I was a little kid. Matter of fact, let me tell you a fun story. Fifth grade, uh-huh. I had a little girlfriend, uh-huh. and uh, you, you know exactly who she is. I'll tell you. I'm not going to say who it is right now, but you know who she is. Do I? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I think I know who So talking. there was this dance coming up, and um, everybody, you know, all the kids were talking about it and stuff. Anyways, this girl had money, so her parents actually paid for a limo now I know you're talking about. to pick us up yeah. and take us on this dance. And so... They also owned a local restaurant. We went to the restaurant. We ate. And World's everything. greatest soap puppy, yes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, not to say that the limo and all that was for me. It was for the whole thing, right? But you figured, like, me, like, be grateful, right? Like, yeah. that, like get on that dance floor and dance. Nope. We got to the dance place. I sat in a chair, and I said, nope. And I refused to dance the whole fucking time like an ungrateful little bastard. What? <laughs> yeah. See what I mean by half and half? I would have walked in and said, I'm going to tear the roof off this exactly, bitch. Everybody dude. move. Everybody was like, why aren't, like, and I was like, nope, nope, nope. I, I, I don't know how to dance, and I don't want to, and you can't make me. Here's the thing, though, man. <coughs> I feel rhythm comes in, in, in different forms. And if you're funky on the inside, you're funky on the outside. And you've got great rhythm. Look at the music you write. Yeah. Right? Right. Look at how you throw down on stage. So you're not 
rhythmically challenged. Right. You know how to, you just don't want to lose. You don't want to get loose, man. That's exactly what it is. But also because I, I feel like I've always wanted to take dance classes. <laughs> <laughs> explain why i just want to dance <laughs> <laughs> but then i feel like along came paulie you know ben stiller oh man yeah i feel like at the end of it that's what i'm gonna look like anyways <laughs> you know what i mean like like everybody you know what i mean like it just i don't know it's just one of those things that i feel like i was never meant to do well you need to not think about it yeah dancing is not about thinking it's yeah. about feeling right that's why I'm a great dancer and a great bass player. It's about feeling. It's that rhythm. Yeah. That's so weird how we're half and half. Dude, that's well, literally half. Well, you and I used to have dance contests. Dude, I think about that all the fucking time. <laughs> were we really dancing or were we making fun of our friends dancing? We were making fun of our friends <laughs> dancing, but they were fun. <clears throat> we had a blast. Just the two yeah. of us, like a bunch of idiots at yeah. two in the morning outside your house. Yeah. just People passing by probably like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are those guys dancing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even hear music. <laughs> yeah that was good that's it's crazy man because i <clears throat> being a 90s kid right mm-hmm. we grew up in the era of you know boys to men vanilla ice abc stuff dancing was very popular right at the beginning of the 90s yeah and my brother and i would shut motherfuckers down dude gussie would jump on stage at any dance party yeah and dance exactly like michael jackson moonwalk all of it <laughs> to the michael jackson song I, I believe it. We would have dance parties in our garage uh-huh. at like 10, 11 years old. We'd invite neighborhood kids around, a fucking ghetto blaster, press play, and we just all fucking just start dancing and shit. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. That's awesome. I and love that it. is why we never hung out. Dude, that, that, I, I know. I know. <laughs> Who are these fucking the, kids? The funny thing about that is you and your brother were probably walking down the street. Yeah. And you got vanilla ice blaring out of some fucking garage, and you guys are like these fucking idiots. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Eric's like, who are we going to go beat up right now? The Vanilla Ice Kids. Yeah. The MC Hammer No, no, kids. Those, those kids are crazy. <laughs> no, let's leave those kids alone. You don't mess with people who are blatantly blaring MC Hammer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love dancing, dude. I love it. Wow. It's fun. It's. I still, to this day, would love to take dance lessons. Do it. Yeah. Out of all the shit you take a, a, a challenge and a risk on. Yeah. A fucking hour class on a Wednesday. That's true. You want me to go with you? I'll do it with you. It's like my wife. She's a good dancer. She has like these natural moves and she always tells me it's because I'm a Latina. Like I know how, like I'm Mexican. Like it's just in our blood. Exactly. And it I is. feel like even though I am part, I am Hispanic, part Hispanic, like it's, I got the shitty end of that blood. You're all Italian. It's, it's fucking, no, not even Italians at least know <laughs> how to move. It's like the weird, like. Norwegian in you? Midwestern white kid, <laughs> like with no rhythm. That's my dance side. It's weird. Oh shit. You know? I'm a, I'm like good at a lot of things. Like I was an athlete. Like I'm good at sports, all that stuff. But when you, when it comes down to dancing, like fuck no, man. Like it's the one thing in the world, aside from singing. Singing and dancing, I'm just not good at. I know. I can't think of one thing I'm bad at. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm bad at a lot of things. Like what? That's a good question. What are you bad at? What What am I good at? I don't even, I don't think of myself in any type of light, right? Like I'm that dude that's like. I, yeah, because you're a six. You're just, an anagram six. I'm just breathing, man. What am yeah. I good at? I don't even know what I'm good at. <sighs> you're amazing in bed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't think of what else. Uh, I can't think of anything that you're bad at. I don't know. I don't think about it. Uh-huh. You know. I don't know. I, it'll you know what out. I am bad at? I'll tell you right now what I'm bad at. What? I'm handy to a degree, right? Like I can fix a lot of shit with just looking at it. Oh, handy in that way. Yeah. Oh, I thought. Well, I'm handy in two ways, <laughs> and you just had one a little a little while ago. <laughs> But when it comes to measuring and cutting, when you, when I have to be precise, yeah. I can't fucking do it. You know why? It drives me crazy. Because you overthink it. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. My wife always tells me, hey, why don't you put up some uh, backsplash? Well, at the old house, the new house doesn't need it. And it, I freeze. I'm like, you're talking cutting and angles and measuring, and I don't want to fuck up. And yeah. you're off. You got to start all over again. And that's what I'm bad at. Yeah. Measuring and cutting. That's what I think, like, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. Oh, no? You're not? (laughs) You? For our guitar company, I feel like that's the the formula. You are on that side of the spectrum where you're, like, super meticulous, super careful. Everything has to be perfect. Yeah. Eric, on the other hand, is... (laughs) Fuck it, man. Just fuck it here. Yeah. It looks good. Like we'll, call it, we'll call it rustic. Or what is it? What is it <laughs> yeah. Um, or uh, uh, what do you call it? Relict. Relict. Yeah. yeah, it's relic, man. No, Eric. <laughs> there's like actual like fuck ups in it. No, man. We'll just fucking just throw some glue and sawdust in it and it's relic. <laughs> He's a cutie. Uh, Eric, adorable. look at all these sanding marks and everything. <sighs> People aren't going to notice. So there I am uh-huh. having to fix it. But I feel like I'm in between that. Because I'm not as meticulous as you. I'm not on that side where I'm just like, don't give a fuck like him. I'm right in the middle. Yeah, because there's times where I'm like, what about this? And you're like, that's cool. I mean, it's all right. We can just... And I'm like, okay. <laughs> if you're good with that, I guess. I <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, I just thought about that dynamic. It's <clears throat> Yeah, well, I've always said the three of us, that was the biggest thing that, that turned me on about this whole project. Well, I thought... <laughs> I was the biggest thing that you, turned you on, but you're whatever. The only well, look, what kind of turning on are we talking about? <laughs> I don't look at a guitar and, and automatically pack chub. You on the other hand, <laughs> when I see you. <laughs> All right, man. We do. We really. You want to get into the one. chat first? I, I fucking do, because this one or the a, challenge. This is a crazy so one. I was thinking about the chat. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about how you say welcome to the chat, but then I thought we've already been welcomed in the beginning. So I was thinking it would be better if you just go. This is the chat. Oh, okay. Or, okay. <clears throat> this, oh, wait, are we starting now? <laughs> yeah, let's go to it. <laughs> All right. This is the chat. Like that? Yeah, there you go. I almost <laughs> shat myself. <laughs> hey, you know what we know, didn't do also like that. That, you, that you mentioned you wanted us to do? What? We didn't introduce ourselves. Oh, that's right. This is Paul. <laughs> this is Adrian. <laughs> All right, so today for the chat. There you go. That's better. I got a doozy because. All right. Duh, no fucking secret. She's a female singer, right? But I read this article like two, no, like a week ago. Week and a half away. Anyway, I'm reading this article because the name brought me in. I'm a name guy. Anyway, I go to her Spotify and <clears throat> I, I play her song, right? I'm not going to say the name yet. So the thing that throws me off is she has one song which is i'm sorry for everybody listening yes you are only getting one song out of this because that all that's all she has to offer but on spotify she has sixty-nine thousand thirty-nine listeners her one song has ninety thousand one hundred and thirty-two listens she has one song 
this song literally just came out this year i don't even have the date she's already premiered and i think it was uh kerrang magazine or was it i forgot what magazine i read it off of mm-hmm. so she's already she already has a ma- magazine article already has all these listeners all these followers and she has one song what the fuck yeah so she goes by the name blonde shell b-o-b-l-o-n-d-s-h-e-l-l and again shocker uh, i'm a fan of the 90s 90s alternative she has a very very awesome 90s retro feel to her her voice is very airy which is what i love i love airy raspy voices um there's some some points in the song she reminds me of a, a hint of courtney love mm-hmm. but it's such a great song and i cannot wait to hear more from her so she doesn't even have an album the song is called olympus from blonde shell b-l-o-n-d-s-h-e-l-l because blonde has an e in D. it right yeah 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 but, but this one there's no e oh there's not oh no. yeah okay yeah, I see. that's why i had to spell it out because i don't want people looking up blonde <laughs> So yeah, she's my chat for the day. This is a short one because she has one song. But if you're into '90s alternative, a la Belly, la, uh, Hole, stuff like that, this is right up your alley. You know, my my question to this girl would be like, what does your marketing look like that you have this many listeners with one fucking song, dude? We, I've put out hundreds of songs. I know. What the fuck? I know. We have like two yeah. listeners on our Texas Cutthroat thing. And yeah, we, and we, we, dude, we've been stagnant for a long we, time. But we pumped the fuck out of that thing initially. Yeah, it's just people get bored quick. Five and that's people. okay. It's been a while. We, which we need to get on. We, we, we. Yeah, yeah, I know. We have plans. We have songs in the work. At one point, we had a lot. <clears throat> we were doing pretty good. But people get, people get, you know, bored. Well, to be honest with you, two things hit us hard: pandemic, pandemic, and you wanted a whole album. Yep. <laughs> We uh, had six songs. We had we had a full list going, and yeah. I'm like, "All right, man, let's do it." And you're like, mm, "I think I want a whole album." And I was like, "A new one, or we're gonna finish this one?" Nah, a new one. So, um, and then the pandemic. You know what? I'm just gonna say it right now. Say it. Um, we're we're in talks right now. We're about starting a radio station. Ah, oh, we're gonna get. I was gonna at the end. I was gonna on. say the reason why I want to bring it up right now is because. This is exactly why one of the, the things that excites me about having the radio station is being able to, to bring artists to light, um, give them a platform that's easy to get on. Uh, I'm sure there's other ones out there, but they're not. But I think that, okay, fine. Fuck, the cat's out of the bag. Okay, so, well, let's go back now. Mm-hmm. So you hit me up a few days ago. Mm-hmm. You've been doing research on starting a radio station mm-hmm. a legitimate radio station but this one is an online radio station we're not right. buying a... i mean eventually we can we can move it to am fm it's just not even <clears throat> worth it at this point but yeah, it's yeah. really not a difficult transition actually yeah but i'm saying we're not buying a radio studio and station well we don't need it we have one <laughs> that's, that's what i'm saying yeah but this is this could be done from anywhere mm-hmm. that the research that i've been doing on this particular one you could do it from anywhere mm-hmm. so the goal is we're going to be focused on rock. Mm-hmm. It's going to be called Let There Be Rock. Radio. Radio. Because it's not just Let the two of us. radio. <laughs> Dude, we do need to come up with like a Uncle Jesse Joey type jingle. Remember from <laughs> Full House? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not just the two of us. Uh, Pepe. And, and the whole team. I already have about five or six well, people on board. But I'm saying as far as 
owning wise. Yeah. Okay. Right. 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 The three of us, mm-hmm. you, myself, and Pepe, mm-hmm. are going to start the station. Um, so focused on rock. Obviously, different genres of rock. We're still working out all the kinks. But what I'm excited about is that not only do I have the podcast to push these artists, but I can now push them. Like the chat goes live for me, right? You know what I mean? Like, like a that's whole what hour of chatting. That's what I'm fucking excited about. Who does not want to chat for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we'll have more details coming soon. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's still in, it's, it's very been, very. Have, I had meetings this week with uh, three different companies in regards to the broadcasting uh, stuff that we need, the platform, BMI, ASCAP. Um, everything's moving along nicely. I'm just trying to get all of our ducks in a row. <clears throat> We're building a team. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. It's going to be different. I like that I get to work from work a lot. Who doesn't want to get paid a shit ton of money to curate playlists? Yeah, and that's why I was like, you are the perfect man for this. I am. Dude, it's my favorite thing in the whole entire world to do. I make playlists all the time. Yeah. And I don't just like, oh, I like this song. No, I I put mine in order. Right. You, uh, you're I, meticulous, like I, I said. Look at it, I look at it like a, like a, a live set for one of our shows. What are we going to open with? What are we going to close with? Yeah. How does this song go into this song? How does this one go into this one, transition into this one until we hit? That's how I look at my playlist. It's like, it's like when we were kids making mixtapes. This one, oh, dude, you know please, I mean? that was my fucking jam back in yeah. the day. It's, it's, just, it's just as meticulous, just a little bit easier to do. Yeah. All right, let's get into our challenge because I know we're coming up already on like 50 minutes. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna keep I really short. want to give this, one, this challenge uh, its due diligence. Okay, I want you to start, though. Come on. So everybody who doesn't know, or if you haven't caught up, or if you forgot, the challenge was I was tasked to listen to Arcade Fire, and Paul was challenged to listen to his favorite band in the whole entire world, (laughs) Corn. Don't laugh. I really wish you would just embrace your inner 97, Paul. We all know it. Everyone knows it. You were the Corn guy. I mean... No. No. For a while there. Mm. And then... Not for a while. A long while. Well, how long... Okay. I I like... I mean, people associated me with corn because I had dreadlocks. And you wore Adidas and you yes, had your eyebrow but pierced. Was, but that was the style of the time. And, but who made that style? And see, I pierced my ear... My, my ear. My uh, eyebrow. I didn't even know that... Like, that was just like a... A, a thing that just like i was at a dude's house and he was like you want to pierce your eyebrow and i was like i know you had the biggest hoop sticking out of your eyebrow for yeah, the longest i pierced time. my eyebrows like several times <laughs> and that was before i even knew who corn was that was like at that time i remember i had a biology teacher that refused to let me in her classroom with my piercing <clears throat> so anyways um yeah i mean it just i did like corn at the time but my style aside from maybe the adidas was not, and it wasn't even again. It wasn't because of corn. It was just like I like that shit. I still to this day would love to walk around wearing a Trump suit. But you actually bought a pretty sweet Adidas jacket like a year ago, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, again, it's this like it was weird because it was like I was an athlete as a kid, and so that style of dressing and stuff was like comfortable, and I loved wearing that stuff. And then it was like, oh, I'm a rocker kid, and oh shit, there's other rocker kids doing that too. Like, oh, it's perfect. It just works. Did I ever tell you the time I blew off Jonathan Davis? 
<laughs> you gave him a blowjob, Adrian? Well, those are too many to even remember. <laughs> I, I lost count of men on that one. No, man. But they came into town. It was Corn, Danzig, and somebody else. I want to say Marilyn Manson. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I was grounded. My dad didn't let me go to the concert, but Gussie got to go. Uh-huh. At the end of the concert, we had to go pick him up at the Coliseum. And my dad was like, go find your brother. I was like, oh, I ran out and I'm like, how am I supposed to find this little brown guy <laughs> in this fucking sea of people? Yeah. Anyway, so I'm walking around, but we're towards the back, like where all the tour buses were. So that's when I was walking around and I, I saw some guy walk and I remember it clear as day. He was wearing an orange Adidas jumpsuit, uh-huh. white stripes, long hair. And I was like, hey, man, is the concert over? And he starts babbling. I was like, ah, all right, thanks. And I took off. Uh-huh. I fucking took off. Bring Gussie back in the car. And Gussie was like, hey, look, that's the guy from that band, Corn, that I was telling you about. And I was like, oh, I, just, I just blew that guy off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you actually blew him, but whatever. That's a good story. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't. I have, I have standards. I'm my, <laughs> I'm my, man, my men. Thank you. So I don't even remember how I first heard Corn. Um, but I know I heard him when the first album came out mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I mean, I was an angst, uh, rebellious teenager. Um, like how could you not at that time, if you were into like heavy music, like that stuff, yeah. it was just, it was different. It was a breath of fresh air. And when you're like a, a troubled teen, like I was, um, it just worked. Right. Everybody paying attention. Do not make your kids go to bed at seven o'clock. This <laughs> exactly. Is what happens. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So first things first, what I did is I didn't even bother listening to the first three albums. I actually like the first three albums still to this day. Right. You know, it's nice to go back and listen and be like, ah, that's pretty cool. Because, you know, it was it was cool for what it was at that time. Right. Uh, the fourth album, I that's when I started to lose my interest in them. I just didn't really get into it. It was okay, like whatever. So I didn't even bother. But I was familiar with that one too, so I didn't really bother. Anything post that, I, yeah. you know, I, I've listened to songs here and there, but never really gave it the time of day. Right. So I dug deep on this one. <clears throat> right out the gate, the album "Take a Look in the Mirror." The quality was just beyond fucking terrible. Like, I couldn't believe how bad the fucking quality was. Really? Yeah, it was just so bad. It really, I really struggled to to even get into it. It just didn't even sound like the same band. It just sounded like, not only did they take a step back, it sounded like leaps and bounds backwards. Like, it was just like, what? Like, did you guys not have a high, like, a good budget for this? Like, what the fuck? Like, dude, like, 15 years ago, I could have done a better recording. I don't know. I just thought it was, it was bad. Hmm. Um so that album i didn't really give much in terms of like even the songwriting nothing it was just like so i moved on really quickly from that album i did listen to it from front to back then i got into corn three i think i deleted some notes accidentally is what i'm thinking but no corn three was actually produced by ross and robbins ross robinson again oh really yeah um the quality and the rawness was like suddenly back Okay. Yeah. Um, like I all of a sudden, that. the quality was just like, holy shit! This is this is the quality that corn made me love uh, the production of corn. Right. Um, <clears throat> but the songwriting was shit right. on that yeah. album. It was such shit, dude. It was like um, I wrote here. Um, it was like circusy, corny. No pun intended. <laughs> like 
it was just weird, man. Like, I can't believe that Ross Robinson allowed that quality of writing to be put on an album. Because you have, I was really torn on that album because I was like, the sound quality is amazing. It's what you expect from somebody like Ross Robinson. But the songs themselves were just terrible. Really? It was just bad. This is Corn 3? <clears throat> yeah, it's called Corn 3. And you know what I noticed too? I noticed it was probably the only album that I heard that I didn't hear a single song on there that I could be like, oh yeah, I've heard that song before. Like they had no hits on that album at all. Probably because the song quali- the songwriting sucked. Um, David, that was the first album that also David Silvera, the original drummer, was not on. Um, oh, and, really? That yeah. far back? Yeah. Oh, shit. He was only on like the first, what, four, five? Five albums. Five albums. The last album, the one that sucked really bad, the quality, he, that was the last album he was on. Um, I also did feel like that played a role, though. Like, I felt like the drums were good, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't, like, he just had something, he brought something, yeah. a, a uniqueness that, you know, that's what makes bands that are pivotal, transformative in the world there's something about that musicianship, not yes. just one person, but all together combined. Dude. And when you change that element, yeah, like a great example, Pantera. Pantera was not Pantera without Phil and Selma, Dimebag no. Daryl, Vinnie Paul, Rex. Eh. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Rex rude. was cool. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know what I mean? Like he did exactly, yeah. he fit exactly what Pantera needed. Yeah. Metallica, you know, you can go, again, that goes based on album by album, right? But... It's like you, if you take Chad Sexton out of 311, you, right. you do not have 311. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. So I felt like maybe that played a role, but not really. The songwriting was just bad. Um, so I put here, Jonathan trying to have that I'm depressed teenage angst just doesn't work at this point. Like, dude, you are now like, when we listened to Korn, they were like, teenagers themselves or just about like a little bit older they were like in their early 20s right Mm. like just out of so being depressed and having that like rebellious like those lyrics and and that feeling like it worked right but dude when you're now in your 30s you're almost a middle-aged man and you're still crying about (laughs) my pussy you know like (laughs) it it just doesn't make sense man so that really just made me like what the fuck you know uh There was just something more appealing about that album, but I think it was the production. Um, the <laughs> There's a song called The Past, and uh, the riff in that song I wrote, it's a very Paul riff, <laughs> sounding riff, and so it made me hate the fucking song. Why? You know how I am, dude. Like yeah, I heard it, and true. I was like, oh my God, that sounds like something I would write, and because of that, I hate this fucking song. Um, but let me, let me kind of... Just get through it. Um, I don't like the Marilyn Manson like vocal that Jonathan Davis does now. Like you know the his vocals just. I'm sorry, man. They for the most part they suck now. Yeah, he's never been the world's greatest singer. Yeah, but like Ross Robinson was able to pull yeah. something out of him. And Dude, producers are hugely detrimental to any band. Yeah, any band. Right. Like you can't. It's like listen. You listen to Terry Date and the Deftones. Anything that the Deftones did with Terry Date is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Not to course. say that nothing else is, but I mean, it was but, just yeah. Butch Vig and the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the producer is hey, <laughs> it's the, Butch Vig. What's what's the, the what's the guy's name from uh, who helped Metallica? Uh, uh, Bob. 
yeah. Bob Ross. Bob. I was thinking Bob Ross too. Bob Stone. Something Bob, like that. Bob Rock. Bob Rock. He helped. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, uh, you're treading on weird territory. There. Oh, that's right. I forgot you weird. <laughs> you weird metalhead. All right, the next album, fucking dubstep, dude. That whole album is dubstep. What the fuck is wrong yeah, with you, I dude? Like, don't get me wrong. Remember when dubstep came out? There was shit that we actually liked. That we were like, oh, it's kind of cool. It was different. Like, whatever, whatever. But, dude, I would have never, ever, ever adopted it into I, the sound. Yes, it. And I remember during that time, I remembered actually seeing corn. And I remember after the show, I think like Jonathan Davis was doing like a DJ set and it was like supposed to be all dubstep. I was like, I'm not sticking around for this. I bailed. But dude, like that whole album, it's like, wait a minute. Like, what are you trying to find yourself all of a sudden? Like, I I just thought that it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, and I wrote here, it gave me a new appreciation for the Deftones. And the reason it gave me a new appreciation for the Deftones is because it made me realize like the Deftones have always been the Deftones. Yeah. They've never tried to go out and become something else. Like, yeah, maybe they lost their raw edginess from like the first couple of albums or whatever, or maybe they've experimented in terms of like being better musically, but they've never gone out and like totally just tried to sound like something that they're not. Right. Um, Oh my God, I have more notes than I thought. Uh, I put the path of totality is just about intolerable. Um, So I didn't even really give it much on that, but that's what it's called. Um, I just, it was just horrible, horrible. Um, And then Brian, the guitar player, he left the band. He came back for what's called the paradigm shift. And I put here, the paradigm shift is El Paso rock, meaning it's just that typical fucking new metal bullshit that I don't like. Um, It's just... And I put here that it's just, it's like most new metal music where it's just predictable and lazy. It's just this predictable and lazy formula. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, people are going to talk shit. I, that's what I don't like about new metal. It's fucking lazy. Let's write a pretty verse and then go heavy for the chorus. And let's write a pretty verse and go heavy for the chorus. Like, it's so just <laughs> boring, dude. And so that album is just full of that. Uh, and then we get into what's called the serenity of suffering. And I put production is finally better. Um, it's actually reminiscent of the third album, which I liked. Um, formula and style. <clears throat> vocals still bother me, but they're better. Um, he does the twist style vocals uh, mm-hmm. in that in that uh, album somewhere. I said, but it's not very good. But I do. This is where I guess Jonathan Davis starts to really do like his those growls. Yeah. And I actually like the way he does those growls. Uh, then we get into an album called The Nothing, and I put excellent production um, right out the gate. Like, the production all of a sudden, I don't know who's producing their shit now, but the production starting on that album actually is really good. Um, it's not as raw as the first couple of albums, but yeah. it's really, the production's up there. Um, seemingly more mature sound. It's not the corn I liked in the beginning, but it has a lot to offer. Um, and it made me think, like, I wonder what new listeners, people that didn't grow up listening to corn like I did, like, I wonder what they think hearing this right out the gate for the first time. Um, Requiem, the production, Requiem, I can't see. Dude, that's always been a horrible fucking word <clears throat> to try to pronounce. Yeah, it's Requiem. Yes. The production is good, a continuation of the last album. Sometimes Jonathan Davis does an Alice in Chains style vocal, and I like it. Vocals on Hopeless and Beaten are good. Not many songs I can say that about. Um, so here's my verdict. Well, anything you want to say before I give my verdict? No, I'm trying. I'm just uh, dude, kind of running through it. You're honestly catching me up because I've I 
Yeah. I'm, I'm like you. Past the th- mine was a third album. Past the third album. And that was what, 1997, 98, around there? No, I think that was like 99. No, it had to be. No, because that album came out. I was on tour. Follow the Leader? Yeah, I was on tour with Swim when that album came out. And I left Swim in 98. Okay, so yeah, 98. Yeah, so 98. 97, 98. Yeah, I remember being in LA when that song premiered on the Edge Rock Radio, whatever. Anyways, um, will I start listening to them again? <laughs> no. Uh, I do enjoy going back and listening, like I said earlier, to the original albums uh, from time to time. Um, I am more open now to giving like future albums a, a go. Um, I I feel like they started great, they sucked for a while, but now they kind of seem to be on a path of like writing cooler shit again. Right. Um, I will say, however, I've always loved seeing them live. And to this day, I think if they came, I would go see them live. Really? Um, yeah. Like, to me, I feel like their performance is, it's like, it's it's an undeniable performance. Like, you cannot, even the last time I saw them, which was many moons ago, it was probably like 10 years ago was the last time I saw them. And I was impressed, man. I was like, these guys still fucking have a great live performance. That's what it's all about. Um, and I still feel like bands today struggle to have even that presence on stage that they have i agree you know i um, hate boring boring shows yeah so it's weird i mean when i listen now putting it all together listening to everything it's like they came out of the gate like fuck what is this this is new this is different this is great unfortunately gave birth to all these copycats um but it's weird because they sucked so bad during that middle yeah part but now I can honestly say the last couple of albums are, are, they're decent. They're more mature sounding. You're making me want to listen to them. Yeah. Like I'll give you a couple of songs to listen to where you're going to be like, oh, wow, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Um, there's times where I'll see uh, their new video dropped or what have you, and I won't even crack it open, man. Jonathan Davis, I feel like is barely finding himself vocally without Ross Robinson. Yeah. Barely. The other guys, when you listen, so one thing I will say about Korn. When you listen to the guitar work, most of the time, it's good. Most of the time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually like even uh, both those guys are very creative in their writing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, but it's the kind of writing that if your drummer is not on point with what you're doing, uh, Fieldy's always follow the drummer anyways, the bass player. Um, but what really plays a huge role is two very important things, the production and Jonathan Davis, the singer. Yeah. If those things aren't on, that whole band sounds like shit. Yeah. I mean, that's just my two cents. So the take is maybe new stuff, but you did not find... <coughs> your, I actually might your... go back to a couple of the newer albums and listen again. Really? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. But the middle stuff, man, it's bad. I, I want you to actually listen to a couple of those albums in the middle just so you okay. can see how bad they are. Yeah, like, I'll try it. You know? I'll try it, yeah. Like, I, I can't believe a record label would even be like, yeah, let's put this out. I don't think I loved Korn like <clears throat> everybody else. The first three albums were great. The first album is, to me, the best one. Um, I mean, yeah, I wore Korn t-shirts and shit when I was a kid, but I I wasn't like, oh, Korn's my favorite band. Right, right. And then even as a bass player, like you never adopted anything that Phil I, ever did. I didn't, but I appreciate what he does. Yeah. It's, I've watched videos of him breaking down what he does. Right. And he does have a very, very unique style that's hard to emulate. Right. Big time. Because he does like this 
he calls it a scratch and a slap and like a pot. Like it's it's just weird how he does it. You want to know what's really funny though about that is that when Corn came out and everybody started saying let's sound like them, I even though I liked them at the time, I did not want to sound anything like them. Yeah. I was like, I am gonna stay tuned to E, maybe D, the lowest. Like no, I did not want to sound like Corn at funny, all. The funny thing about that is the one Corn <clears throat> takeaway that I heard in other people. It wasn't the singing. It wasn't even really the guitars. It was the bass. Every bass player oh, true. went straight to that all-treble sound that yeah. Fieldy does. And following the drummer. Dude, and you listen to Cold Chamber. I can't even think of the other bands right now. But they were really trebly bass sounds. Yeah. Exactly like Fieldy. And that's Fieldy's tone. Right. He puts the bass all the way up, the treble all the way up. Right. Mid all the way down. And every bass player was trying to go for that sound. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, man. No, Come on, man. Have yeah, that's true. Sound. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know, but that's always just been me. Where I don't want to jump on the the trend. Oh yeah, like I I hate that because too during that time, how many bands were you and I playing with that would open up for us? And it was like, oh man, they sound just like Corn. Yeah. Everybody sounds like Corn. Like sometimes some bands had something a little bit different to offer, but at the end of the day, it was like, man, you can tell these guys are really heavily influenced by Corn. Yeah, and I just wanted to stay away from that. I even uh. Um, got part of the reason I got rid of my dreads and stuff was because I was like, uh, no. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's my okay. part of the challenge. I mean, Hey, some good came out of it. <laughs> I just wanted you to kind of like, just remember. Yeah. Just remember. Yeah. So my challenge, you're done. Do you have anything Yeah, I'm else? done. I'm good. Well, my challenge was arcade fire. Yeah. Which you have done a really good job of not letting me know anything about it. And that's for a reason. Okay. <clears throat> I cheated. Why? I fucking stopped. Dude, I, I could not. I can't. Really? I, dude, let me tell you. And I, I didn't stop day one. Like, I kept pushing it. Right. <clears throat> but like our other challenges, challenges, I would only listen to that band. And I was fucking just yeah, yeah. super focused on that day in and day out. Right. This one, I'd be like, okay, I need to listen to something else and I'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah. And I'll come back to it. I never made it through a full song. Really? I just not even on the new album. None of it. I would listen and I'm like, uh, okay, I have to give it a minute. Uh, pass. It's fucking horrible. Uh, pass. It's fucking horrible. What? It was like I was miserable, dude. Really miserable. Well, what didn't you like about it? All of it. All of it. The fucking like the. I, I hate the vocals. Like I've always known, I hated uh -huh. the vocals. Um, there's just nothing new about them. Again, growing up, I grew up with a lot of Brit pop and, you know, that style yeah. of like, um, there's this band called Beautiful South. Yeah. These dudes sound like they they want to be Beautiful South so bad. Mixed with Oasis with a fucking smidge of Morrissey and, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I, I they, and then the, that one band, come on, Eileen. Mm -hmm. on. Like, I hear that shit in them. Mm -hmm. I uh, could see that. Like, I, I just couldn't do it, dude. It sounds like it sounds like they belong on a fucking mountain, right? With, like, homemade instruments and they, <laughs> with banjos and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, dude, I couldn't. Really? I fucking couldn't, God, I dude. Love those guys, and then you, even Tony was like, dude, give it a shake. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying, but. On my way to work in the morning, I'd say, okay, I got fucking 35 minutes to get to work. I got 35 minutes to listen to these dudes. Yeah. I, every time was, nope, nope. 
I couldn't find one fucking thing. And you know me. I open everything. My legs and everything. I'm open to <laughs> Okay, there's one album I want you to just give a shot. Oh, man. Are you playing the brother card? Yes. Okay. Just one album. What? But you gotta give it a real shot. I will. I will. It's called uh hold on. That way if anybody that's listening wants to give it a shot too, you, you totally can. Uh it is called Everything Now. 2017. 2017. I'm sure I've heard so because look, again, I like to go from the beginning and take it to the end. Mm-hmm. I started at the beginning and I said, No, mm-mm. I'm just gonna shuffle this motherfucker because I need to see. Yeah. I don't want to wait for it to get better because I have a feeling it's not going to. And sure shit, it didn't. So I just shuffled on, on Spotify. Just boom, whatever song I mean, came out. I'm still glad that through these challenges, you at least came around to M83. That That is yeah. going to last me forever. Yeah. That's good <laughs> enough. But um, this one was hard to swallow. And I think you <laughs> knew it was. That's it what was, she said. <laughs> that's what he said. I think you knew in your mind this was going to be fucking very very hard for me that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> which it was I, I i couldn't do it man yeah i couldn't do it arcade fire <laughs> hard fucking pass i don't know how i feel about that i feel like it's so weird it's it really is that's why the show's named half and half there's this weird block when it comes to certain things yeah that happens between you and i yeah you sit in a corner at a dance, and I'm in the middle of it. Uh, yeah. Like, I really, in my mind, I really thought you were going to like them. No, I really? really thought you were going to come back and be like, you know what? Like, hey, not everything's for did me. Did you just fucking Jason me? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Fuck Jason. I, I really thought you were going to like something. No, I, dude, and I tried. You know me. I always say... Because I let I me ask you like, this. You like Modest Mouse. I don't. Oh, no? No. I thought you did. I don't. Look, I didn't like Modest Mouse when they first came out. And then I don't even know how long into their career when this happened. But then I heard that Johnny Marr, who was the ex-guitar player of the Smiths, okay. Morrissey's right. right-hand man, uh-huh. joined Modest Mouse. And I was like, what? Okay, maybe not, maybe they're gonna fucking be great now. Right. Mm-mm. Really? Yeah. I just don't like that. I don't even know what to call it. It's like you fol- folky mountain music. You man. don't like I, the happy stuff. Like I it's, do. I love happy music, but it has to. But that's like, it's like like I said, folky mountain music, the banjos and shit. You know what I mean? Like. But you like Billy Joel. Don't do not <laughs> do not. I love Billy Joel. He does not sound anything like them. You, you need to what? stop. When you listen to some of the like, it's because you got to get into it more. If people wondering, if people wonder <laughs> what a punch sounds like over the microphone, you're about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, Billy, Billy Joel is not folky music. No, he's Thank not. You. But he's got it's that very like bluesy, happy, bright sound that I found, these guys have. I found out yesterday, as a matter of fact, with with my buddy Tony. Tony! Tony! <laughs> There's an actual genre. And his genre... Are you ready for this? Yeah. It's called Yacht Rock. What the... F- oh, yeah, I have heard of that. No, I've, no, I have heard of I've that. I've never heard of that. Tony was like... He, he and I were talking about what our wives listen to, and he's like, yeah, my wife's into Yacht Rock. And I was like, what the f- what's a Yacht Rock? I have heard of that. I pulled it up on Spotify. All these playlists show up. So, yeah, sure, shit, it's a thing. Billy Joel's on there. Yeah. So he's, Isn't it... He's yacht yacht rock, rock, isn't it essentially like... The rock that rich people would listen to. 
I'm I'm assuming so because only only rich people, you know, tour on yachts. I don't know how I came across knowing that, but yeah, I've heard of that before. So first of all, hear yourself. Billy Joel is light years ahead of these guys. I'm just saying, Billy Joel for me gives me the same. It gives off the same vibe, the same feeling that I get when I listen to Arcade Fire, and that's why I put those kind of together. Arcade Fire does have. They do have some like sad when you get into it. They have some very epic, sad sounding stuff. I just, I just. They have a lot of piano, which is funny because the piano man, stop. <laughs> okay, stop it, <laughs> dude. I, I, I tried. I look. I'll, I'll, I'll do everything now. Okay, but I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sure thing, buddy. I've told you a million times. All you got to do is ask. Um, now I feel like I need to come back with like. Yeah, a good challenge because now, yeah, yeah, dude, I, I couldn't, man. And I, I'm. Do you have you, a challenge ready? I know we had said that we weren't going to, but now I want to give. No, you a challenge. I, I don't. I don't. I need. We'll we'll do it next week. Oh damn it! I don't have one. I already I have. Give you I already a good have one. one, two, three. I have five challenges ready to go. <sighs> no, <clears throat> no, because I don't want to just pull one out of my ass. I want to think about it. Uh, you like putting them in your ass. <laughs> um, all right, so that's it. So final word. Final word. Fuck arcade oh fire. My God, I can't believe we're best friends. <laughs> that's that's rude. I'm that's kidding. Hurtful. I'm kidding. That's why we're best friends because yeah. we don't agree on everything. Yeah, exactly. Do you know how boring our next <clears throat> tour is going to be? Because we're going to be fighting about everything. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I mean, I can accept it, but. Give that album a chance. There's a couple of good songs on there. I was really surprised because that's an album that came out way later after they began. And yeah. there was stuff that I was like, it renewed my love for that band. Okay. Who do you know likes this band? Does Danny like this band? She loves them. Um, a lot of people. I know a lot of people. It's it's real big in the, you know, the world that I, uh, the, the indie. Yeah. Um, Hipster world. Yeah, that you don't like. Yeah, I love I love cholos and hardcore rockers. Like if rockers. Arcade Fire came here, they would be playing at the biggest place, probably Don Haskins, and it would probably sell out like that. They're huge. What? Yeah, dude, huge. Are you serious? Dead serious. You know what? And I would go. I would go with you to that show. Uh, I've never I just, I've never seen them live, so I would love to see that. I, again, I just you know, hillbilly mountain people. That's what I that's what I, <laughs> that's what I hear, man. Yeah. I can't. I tried, dude. There was. I really did. Yeah. I did, but like it it angered me. Like I'm like, oh, this sucks bad. Yeah. Fast forward, next song. Wow. And that song made me even more mad because of how bad it sucked. And I'm like, this band sucks so bad. Paul and I have been trying to make it our whole lives. <laughs> and these fucking people made it. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I, I actually want to go and read into the history of them. I don't really know much about them. Like, I just know what I, I like their music. I don't know yeah. much about them, but I'm kind of curious about their come up and stuff. Does Pepe like them, you think? Probably not, but I don't know. I don't know. We need to get him on here. We yeah. need to throw him on a challenge. I know. <laughs> I know. But, um, but anyways. All right. Um, real quick before i mean i think i'm assuming we're wrapping it up yeah um real quick before we wrap it up we now have a half and half podcast group on facebook i know you don't know what the hell this is Adrian. yeah this is news to me um it is called h and h or no it's half and half podcast it's a group um where people that listen to us can go and chat and talk about 
the things that we're talking about. You can ask questions. You can say, hey, I think you guys should shout me out or you should say this. And we are reading it because Adrian will now that he knows about it, we'll start reading it because I will send him, um, you know, what's being said on there so we can respond accordingly. Okay. Um, This is new for me. We also have a half and half uh, podcast Instagram now with one whole post. What? (laughs) And it's Adrian's uh, close-up of Adrian's penis. Thank you. You all are welcome. (laughs) No, so yeah, if you guys can go give us a follow, um, talk in the chat. What did you like? What did you not like about this episode? What can we do better? Um, What can we not do? Not that we're going to listen. I think there should be a post on how Adrian's just on crack for not liking Arcade Fire. So yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> don't bother me none. I might I don't mind being the the misfit, the one out of the group, you know? The yeah. different one. Fuck I'll, arcade fire. Maybe I'll find a <clears throat> a picture of me with dreads and I'll uh, I'll post it. I think it. I have one. <laughs> I've posted it before. It's uh just for shits and giggles. Shits and gigs. Do you know I cannot find one picture of myself with long hair? I and have several. Do you? Yeah. Okay, no, but not not kind of long. I'm talking about when I had it down in my butt, and oh. I had never even wore it in a ponytail back then. No, I would. No, I don't. I think always so. used to wear my hair up when it was like shoulder length long. Yeah. But when I got when it got down to my ass, I never wore it up. It was down all the time. I know there's pictures and all kinds of weird stuff somewhere. I just gotta look through it. All right. All right. Well, thank thank you again, everybody, for listening. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I guess. Uh, I just found this out now. Go talk about us. Talk to us. <laughs> Don't forget, also, uh, Let There Be Rock podcast. Also on nevermore.com, right? <laughs> podcast. Uh, like, what the fuck? The, yeah, if you want to... Come record in our podcast Yeah, room. if you want to come record in... Nevermorerecords.com. Yeah. Also, information will be going up on uh, letthereberockep.com There well. you go. Yeah. Don't miss out on this opportunity, guys. It's fucking awesome. All the work is done for you. Yep. Till next week. We love you all. Thanks for listening, Tony. Tony! (laughs) Bye. Bye.